Good morning. We are on Lamed Aleph Bet 31b, the last line. We learned yesterday that there is a chazaka, a presumption, that a shliach oseshlichuto, that an agent fulfills his mission. I'm Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman says, Bishel Torah, if, it, if the mission involves a Torah law, for example, delivering a get, ain't chazaka shliach oseshlichuto. We do not say that there's a presumption the shliach fulfills his mission. Turning to Lamed Bet Aleph, if it's a rabbinic law, for example, setting up an Eruv Tchumin, then there is a presumption that a shliach fulfills his mission. Rav Sheshit Amar, and Rav Sheshit says, Rav Sheshit says, both in the case of a Doraisa and the case of a Drabanan, there is a presumption that a shliach fulfills his mission. Rav Sheshit, Rav Sheshit said, On what basis do I say this? Ditnan. As we learn in the Mishnah, Once the Karban HaOmer is brought on the second day of Pesach, the new crop is permitted to be eaten immediately. People far away from Yerushalayim who don't know if the Omer was brought or not, they may eat Chadash, they may eat the new crop starting from midday, and onward. That's what the Mishnah says. So Sheshet argues, the prohibition of eating chadash is doraisa uktani, and nevertheless the Mishnah says people far away from Yishalayim who don't know if the korban was brought or not may eat chadash from noon onwards. Is this not because there's a presumption that a shliach fulfills his mission even in the case of a doraisa? Rav Nachman, and what would Rav Nachman answer? There, the Mishnah itself gives the reason. Because they know Beistin is not lazy. But that doesn't apply to a regular shliach, a regular agent who might be lazy. There's another version of this discussion which says, Amr of Nachman, Rav Nachman said, Rav Nachman is the one who brought a proof from that Mishnah, not Rav Shesha. From where do I say this? Diktani, because it says, Why are people far away from Shalim allowed to assume that the Korban was brought by Chatzot? Because they know that Beisdin is not lazy. Only Beisdin is not lazy. But a regular Shliach would be lazy. And therefore, that Mishnah proves that regarding a Doraisa, we do not say, that there's a presumption that an agent fulfills his mission, unless that agent is the Beisdin, because the Beisdin is not lazy. Rav Sheshet Amarlach, and Rav Sheshet would say to you in response, Beitin ad Regarding Beisdin, we assume they're not lazy, and they will fulfill their mission by midday. Shliach, a regular Shliach Kule Yoma, we wait the whole day. When Rashi says, by the time the end of the day comes, the Shliach will say, oh my goodness, I better fulfill my mission but there is still a presumption that the shliach will fulfill his mission. Amr Rav Sheshet, Rav Sheshet said, Mina min Allah. On what do I base my position? Literally, from where do I say this? That even regarding a Doraisa, a shliach is presumed to fulfill his mission. Ditanya, because we learn in Abraisa, Ha'isha she'ish aleha a woman who gave birth or was a zava and is obligated to bring a karban, 
she brings money to the Besamedash, for no tenet for she puts it in the pushka designated for that carbon. There were different pushkas in the Besamedash, they're called shofarot because they were shaped like a shofar. And there were different pushkas for different carbonos, and a person could put the money in the pushka and the carbon would be brought for him. And then she goes to the mikvah and can eat kachim at night. If her korban was not brought, she could not eat kachim at night. And yet we are saying that she can assume her korban was brought. My time, is that not because even regarding a doraisa, we say there's a presumption a shliach fulfills his mission. Rav Nachman, and what would Rav Nachman say? Like Rav Shmaya, the Amr of Shmaya, there's a presumption that the Beitin of Kohanim does not disperse until all the money in the Pushka has been used up. But again, that's a Beitin, that's not an individual. Amr of Sheshet, Rav Sheshet says, From where do I say what I say? On what do I base my position that even regarding a Doraisa, we say, Shliach Titania, because we learned in a Brisa, Haomer Lechaverov, one says to his friend, Go gather figs for yourself from my figs. He may eat them as he's gathering them without separating Maser. And when he wants to eat them sitting down in his house, he has to take Maser for sure, because since the owner of the figs told him, go take as many figs as you want. We know the owner's not going to give Maser because the owner doesn't know how many figs he took. Therefore, the person who collected them has to give Maser for sure once he brings them into his house. But if the owner said, fill this basket with figs from my figs, so while he's gathering, he can nosh on them without taking Maser. When he brings them home, he has to give Maser as Demai. He's uncertain whether the owner gave Maser or not. Perhaps the owner gave Maser because the owner does know how many figs, what volume of figs were taken. It was that basket full, and therefore the owner can calculate a tenth and can give Maser from somewhere else. Obviously, we're talking about a case where, for whatever reason, he cannot ask the owner. The Brisa continues, when is this speaking about the Amharitz? If the owner was an Amharitz of all the Chaver, but if he's a Chaver, a person who's trusted about Maser, Ochel Veinotzech Laser, Divrei Rebbe. If the owner was a Chaver, then the person receiving the figs can eat and does not have to take Maser. For sure, the owner took Maser, Divrei Rebbe. Rabban Shimon Gamliel Omer, Bamedrei Murim, Bamaharitz. Rabban Shimon Gamliel says, when is it speaking about if the owner was an Amaretz? But if the owner is a Chaver, then the person who receives the figs may not eat until he takes Maser. Because the owner who is a Chaver, a person who is trusted regarding Maser, is not suspected of giving Maser from things that are not next to each other. As mentioned yesterday, one should not give Maser from one produce on another produce when they're not next to each other because you cannot tell if they're of comparable quality. Rabban Shimon Gamliel says, if the owner is a chaver, for sure he's not going to give maser 
on the figs that his friend collected because they're not next to his other figs. Amar Rebbe, Rebbe said, Nirin Devarayim Divrei Abba. My opinion seems more correct than my father's opinion, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. Why? It's better to suspect Chavirim of giving Maser from produce that's not next to the produce on which Maser is being given and not to cause Amiharitz to eat produce from which Maser was not taken. That's the end of the Brisa. So Rav Sheshit says, Ad kan lo pligi They're only arguing about whether a Chaver is suspected of giving Maser on produce from produce that is not next to it. If not for that factor, everyone would agree there is a presumption that a Shliach fulfills his mission, even regarding a Doraisa. Rav Nachman and Rav Nachman would say, Hatam That's a special case, like Rav Chanina Choza said, There is a presumption that a Chaver does not let something that is not fixed, something that is not had Maser taken out of his hands, but that's a special rule regarding a Chaver and Maser, and you cannot draw conclusions regarding a Shliach in general. Gemara now clarifies what the case in the Brisa was. Amar Mar, We said in the Brisa, what is the case? The owner is an Amaretz. But if the owner is a Chaver, then the recipient can eat and doesn't need to take Maser. These are the words of Rebbe. Hi, Amaaretz, this owner who's an Amaaretz, to Leleman, to whom did he say, go collect figs? If he told his friend who's also an Amaaretz, go collect figs, Masran Demai, are we telling him, take Maser Demai? Mitzai, is he going to listen? El of Amaaretz to Kamar Rather, the case is where the owner is an Amaaretz and the recipient is a Chaver. The owner is a person who's not careful regarding Maser and the recipient is a person who is careful. Ema Seifa, then how do you explain the Seifa, where Rebbe said, my words seem more logical than my father's, because it's better to suspect Chaverim of giving Truma and Maser from that which is not next to each other, and not to feed what are Amiharitz doing there? We just said the recipient is a Chaver. So what Amiharitz are we talking about? Amravina, Ravina answers, Reisha v'Amaharitz amar l'chaver. The Reisha is talking about an Amaharitz, who's a, the owner is an Amaharitz, and he told a Chaver to gather figs. Seifa v'chaver sh'amar l'amaharitz v'chaver acher shamo. The Seifa is talking about an owner who's a Chaver, who told an Amaaretz, go gather figs, and another Chaver overheard, and he wants to know whether he can eat those figs in the Amaaretz's house. Can he assume the owner who gave the figs to the Amaaretz took Truma and Maser from another place? And on that, Rebbe was saying, better for the Chaver, the owner, to transgress the prohibition of giving Maser from something that's not next to the thing on which Maser is being given, and not to cause the Amaaretz, the recipient, to eat Tevel, 
And therefore the Haver who overheard and wants to eat from the figs in the Amaretz's house may rely on the fact that the owner gave Maser. Rebbe, turning the page to Amabet, Savar to Haver Ochel Rebbe holds that second Haver may eat and does not have to take Maser. Because the first Haver surely separated Maser. Ravan Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, and Ravan Shimon ben Gamliel says, Lo yochal ad sheyaser. The second Haver should not eat until he has taken Maser. Because the first Haver is not suspected of giving Maser on these figs, which are not next to his other figs. The Amr lay Rebbe, and on that, Rebbe said to his father, Better to suspect the Haver of giving Maser from something that's not next to the other thing, and not to feed Tevel, from which Truma and Maser have not been separated. The Mai can be Palgi, so what are they arguing about? Rebbe Savar says a Haver prefers to do a light Isser of giving maser on produce that is not next to the produce from which the maser is being given, rather than to have the Amaaretz do a serious iser, a serious prohibition of eating tevel. And Ravan Shimon ben Gamliel says a Haver would rather let the Amaretz do a serious Isser than to do even a light Isser himself. Tosos asks, in Masechet Shabbos we say that we don't tell a person, go do a sin to save another person. Tosos answers, here it's different because the Haver who owns the figs is a little bit at fault because he's giving the figs to the Amaretz. Therefore, they're could be a question whether the Haver would feel an obligation to transgress a lenient prohibition to save the Amaretz from a serious prohibition. A related question is, why is the Haver not transgressing when he gives this produce to an Amaretz who's not going to take Maser? He's putting a stumbling block in front of the Amaretz. Sefer Megadim Chadashim brings commentaries who, who say that this is consistent with Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel's position elsewhere, that the Pasuk says, feed it to a Rasha and he will die. That is, if a person wants to be a Rasha, it's not our responsibility to save him from himself. Here, the Amaretz knows that the Haver is not separating Maser, and it's his own problem if he doesn't separate Maser himself. And therefore, the Haver is not transgressing Lifnei Iver. That is consistent with the opinion of Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel otherwise. Mishnah. Nitanova Ilan. If you put your food for your Erev Tehumin in a tree, 2,000 Amos away from town, there's a tree, and you put the Erev Tehumin food in the tree. Lamalam Yasrat Vachim in Eruvo Eru. If you put the food above ten tefachim from the ground, it's not a good eruv. If you put the food below the ten tefachim line, it is a good eruv. If you put it in a pit in the ground, even if it's a hundred amos deep, it is a good eruv. The Gemara will explain all of this. Gemara. Yati Rabbi Asiv Rabbi Asiv Rabbi Barnatan. 
Rabbi Chiyavar Ava, Rabbi Asi, and Rabbi Barnatan were sitting. Viyati Rav Nachman Gabayu, and Rav Nachman was sitting with them. Viyati Bekaamri, and they were sitting and saying, they were having the following discussion. Hi Ilan Dekai Hechao. This tree in which you are putting your Erov, where is it? Ilema Dekai Rishutayachid. If the tree itself is in Rishutayachid, Mali Lamala, Mali Lamata, Rishutayachid Ule Adarakia. What difference does it make if you put your Erov above, above ten Tvachim or below ten Tvachim? Rishutayachid goes all the way up to the heavens. So you are standing in Rishutayachid, and your Erov is in Rishutayachid, and you can take it and eat it on Shabbos. So what's the problem? Ve'ela dekai b'shut So what are you going to say that the tree is in Rishus Arabim? Demit kavein lishvot hecha. Where did you intend to acquire your place of habitation? In other words, when you make an eruv tehumin, you are acquiring your shvita, your habitation, in the place where your eruv tehumin is. So where did you intend to acquire your habitation? Ilem demit kavein lishvot lamala. If you intend to acquire your place of habitation in the tree. Above ten tefachim, who then you and your eruv would be in one place, and you could eat it on Shabbos. So what's the problem? Ella lamata. Rather, you intended to acquire it below, on the ground, which is rishusarabim v'ha'kamishtameish So even if the eruv is below ten tefachim, how does that help? You're not allowed to use trees to take things off trees on Shabbos. Our answers The tree is in Rishusarabim, and you intended to acquire your habitation below in Rishusarabim. And why is it that if you put the Eruv below ten Fachim, that it's okay? It's according to Rebbe holds that anything which is only prohibited Midrabanan is not prohibited Benashmashos. Taking something off of a tree on Shabbos is only prohibited midrabanan. Therefore, ben it's not prohibited. In order to acquire shvita with an eruv tchumin, in order for an eruv tchumin to be effective, it only needs to be effective ben We don't care what happens to it afterwards. The food only needs to be there during ben And since ben it's only prohibited midrabanan to remove the food from the tree, you could remove the food during Benashmashos, and everything is fine, according to Rebbe. Rashi points out that the Gemara could have asked another question, which is that if we're assuming the tree above ten Tfachim is Rosh Hashayachid, it means we're assuming the branches are four Tfachim wide. And therefore, when we say that he put it below ten Tfachim, we must also be talking about a branch is four Tfachim wide to make it a parallel case. But a branch which is, or any surface which is Four tefachim wide and is between three and nine tefachim off the ground is a carmelis. So the Gemara could have asked, how could he take his eruv tchumin from a carmelis into shusarabim on Shabbos? The answer would have been the same. It's according to Rebbe, transferring from a carmelis to shusarabim on Shabbos is only prohibited midrabanan and bein hashmashos. Rebbe holds there are no drabanan prohibitions. The Gemara continues. Rav Nachman said to them, Yishar, like Shkayach, good explanation, and so said Shmuel. They said to him, Patritu ba hai, have you, the Chachamim of Bavel, explained the Mishnah in this way? Have you gone this far in your explanation? The Gemara asks, 
What are they saying? They also went that far in their explanation. Why are they surprised that Rav Nachman said that Shmuel explained the Gemara this way? Rather, this is what they asked him. Have you established this in your Gemara? And he said to them, yes. The Sefer Megadim Chadashim explains, based on the Igeret Rashira Gaon. Rashira Gaon was the second to last sage of the Gaonic period. He died in the year 1038, and he wrote a history of the Mishnah and the Gemara. And he says that there was Torah that did not need to be taught because it was obvious to the earlier generations. But through Yerida Sadoros, as the generations decreased in greatness, more teachings needed to be added. And they asked him, have you established this in your Gemara? Have you reached the point where this is part of your standard teachings? And he said to them, yes, it does need to be explained. Itmar Nami, it was said also, Amr of Nachman, Amr Shmuel, and Rav Nachman said that Shmuel said, Hacha Bilano made Rishutarabimaskinan, we're talking about a tree which is in Rishusarabim, Gavoa Sarah, Barachavarbaa, that's at least ten Tvachim tall and four Tvachim wide, Nikavein Lishpot Lamata, and he intended to acquire his place of habitation below on the ground. The Rebihi, and it's according to Rebi, Damar, called Avar Shumishum Shvut, anything which is only prohibited, Midrabanan, they did not decree about it, as we explained.